Laura, what always amazes me is how soon somebody contacts you to make sure that they arrange that they're on your schedule for a personal consultation. Like literally the minute they find out that they're pregnant, they're emailing you. The secrets that I have to hold sometimes <laughs> is hard to do. I have had families email me and say, look, we're eight weeks pregnant. Nobody knows that we're pregnant but us and you because they want to get onto my consulting after they bring that little one home. And it still just shocks me when that happens. But it is. It's it's one of those things, right, that, oh, my gosh, we're so excited. We want to make sure that we've got all the things, all the things. But, oh, how exhausting the amount of information that we have to sort through now. You and I didn't have to do that. There was very limited ways of trying to figure out what we needed and where to get and what was the best this and the best that. But now you've got to sort through which influencer you are you going to follow and what's your best friend say. And now you've got to go through the 10,000 books that are out there. And we always say, look, you know what? <laughs> there are thousands upon thousands of ways of doing this thing. And I don't know that there's necessarily right ways or wrong ways. Okay, well, there is some wrong ways. The wrong ways are blatantly obvious. That's right. (laughs) For the most part, there's not really right way or wrong ways. Well, and I think you bring up a really great point. So we are the most marketed to generation ever to walk the face of the earth. We have so much information at our fingertips and it can get really difficult to forge a way forward. And that's why one of the taglines of this podcast is the best decision is the one you make. So, you know, it's sometimes too many voices just makes it really difficult. But the first time you find out that you're expecting and you want every bit of information and also the fun part, let's talk about the fun part is the stuff. When we were having boys way back in the day, like they had like three color patterns you could choose from and none of them were complimentary. It was like this horrible teal color. And now there are so many designers and different ways that you can put your nursery together. There are so many really fun decisions to make in that regard. And so what doesn't work necessarily so great with the amount of information that you get works really beautifully, I think, in the ways that you can personalize this whole experience at another level. And that is tons of fun. And we have resources on that. We have a baby shower list how many of all these different things that you're probably going to need. But today we'd like to really just be able to talk about what that preparation looks like and how to delve into some of the moms on call routines. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter, brought to you by Bobby Organic Infant Formula. So Jennifer, you and I have done all the options for feeding our little ones. We have nursed, we've nursed and done bottles. We've done bottles only in our own home. And did you know that Bobby believes that every 
feeding journey matters because it does. And whether you exclusively breastfeed, whether you're only bottle feeding, or whether you do a combo of both, it is the heart that does the feeding that produces the magic. And we are so proud to partner with Bobby and to let you know that we all are in support of your specific feeding journey. And Bobby is the only infant formula company in the U.S. that was founded and led by moms. And their mission is deeply personal and rooted in their own experiences. Just like ours is rooted in some of our experiences and yours and the thousands of families that we've had the privilege to partner with in all different kinds of scenarios. So we are super proud that at Bobby, they are offering a 10% discount on your first box of Bobby with code MOMSONCALL10 at HiBobby.com. Hi, I'm Bridget from Minnesota, and I'm about to be in my third trimester. Uh, We really want to sleep train our baby, and a lot of my friends have used Moms on Call, and they say they love it. So I was wondering if there was anything that my husband and I could do to prep before the baby arrived. And we were also wondering if we should start on a schedule as soon as we get home from the hospital. I love that question, Bridget. And we partner with families from as early as eight weeks that you just found out you're pregnant all the way through that four-year mark. And there is nothing sweeter than being in that kind of third trimester where you're like, oh my gosh, time seems to slow down. And oh my gosh, there's just not enough time, you know, and just trying to figure out what it is that we really need to know. And one of the things that you asked was, you know, when do we start sleep training? And right off the bat, We want to call it kind of creating really good habits. We're going to sleep train and we're going to get there. But if we create really good habits in the beginning, it makes things so much easier. But what can you do? What can you do in this third trimester that's going to get us ready for that? Well, I think a couple of things. I think the first is, you know, to have the things that you need. So we have curated these great combinations over at Moms on Call of the best bottles. We like the best white noise machine. We like the swaddle. The best passies. Hello. Right. That have worked for thousands of families, you know, that we've seen work in the thousands of families that we've worked with. So we just wanted to make that easier. Like, can I click like two buttons and just have the stuff I know is going to work, is going to align with the Moms on Call principles I read about in the book and set me up for success? Yes. Like we've worked hard to try and make that super easy. The swaddle. Let's talk about that a little bit because we have to practice it. Look, practicing the swaddle is such a huge piece. I'm watching all those basic videos. That's in the Knowledge Center, which I just need to say, our Knowledge Center, Jennifer, is incredible. So we have all those basic videos that, you know, parents need to watch. And this is a great time to kind of watch those and start getting used to what's out there. And But practicing that swaddle, get a baby doll and practice, practice, practice. And make it a competition, kind of. See who can do it better, but don't swaddle the cat. (laughs) Public service announcement. We don't recommend swaddling your pets. However, I think Laura has a bit of a confession to make. (sighs) It is such a great 
tight swaddle that replicates your tender embrace. And yes, does it work on babies if it is tight enough and tight in the right places? And we've worked hard as pediatric nurses to make this be the safest, most secure swaddle that's tight in the right places for babies. However, Laura, what did you do? Or when you bring the puppies home and those first three to five nights that it's such an adjustment, you know, they're away from their their sisters and their brothers and it's so sad. So we, you know, swaddle up these puppies and we've brought home a, a few puppies over the years. I do have to confess, I have swaddled those puppies up and used a white noise machine to help get through those first few nights of transition. So don't swaddle the cat, but maybe a puppy. Maybe no a puppy. <laughs> People, we're just doing, we're doing babies. So, so everybody wants an adult version. They're like, would somebody swaddle me? I saw it. They actually have that now. There is an adult. It's called Swaddle Something Another. I saw it on Shark Tank and I just about died. It's the funniest thing in the whole wide world. But So you're in this third trimester. We're getting really yeah. excited. We've got all the things in place. We're ready to bring this little one home. We've watched the classes, we've prepared, we've read the book. We're ready to bring this little one home. And you asked uh, one question was, do we you know, jump right onto a routine right when we get home? And, and really those first two weeks, we're just learning to dance. And Jennifer, you have such an incredible way of, of just speaking to the heart of families in those first two weeks when you know, we are a little scared, right? They they send us home with this little one and we're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And how do we get through this? And you're not really necessarily going to be on a strict routine. We're going to feed about every two to three hours. We're going to try and get them down in a safe sleep environment, swaddled correctly for a few naps a day, just trying to kind of get used to how the flow is going to happen. But there is something so much bigger than whether or not we're on a routine those first couple of weeks. Well, and it's something that I think that people don't necessarily think to prepare for. And that is that emotional element of preparing to have our own voice, preparing for the grace that is required, because there are so many elements of this that are just unpredictable, starting from the birth plan that we have just put out on a list of all the things that ideally we would want. And maybe it doesn't turn out quite like that. And so there's so many unpredictable elements and it really does require an extraordinary amount of grace and just allowing ourselves that transition and whoever we're bringing in our household, it might be, you know, a husband, a spouse, a older child. We talk a lot about the older child, and we're not bringing home a disease, we're bringing home a sibling. It's going to be the best thing that's ever happened, and they're going to have somebody to talk to and be in relationship with. So we treat it that way, and we love that that child gets to see the most beautiful thing that a family does, which is work together to meet the needs of the youngest and weakest member. So your older kids are going to be fine, and so are you. And so there is that preparation of just allowing yourself, you know, our tagline, like we said, is the best decision is the one you make. So talking about how you're going to make some of those parenting decisions, limiting some of those voices that speak into that 
is really a helpful thing and determining how you're going to support each other through some of these unpredictable moments. And it is. And then as we come up on, you know, now we've we've had that two-week appointment, they're gaining weight, they're past their birth weight, they're two weeks of age. That is when we can begin kind of working with their rhythms and getting into a more predictable pattern for lack of better words, right? We're still new into this, but we can begin to start to have some key points in our day that we can get the things back on track and start to get into the mom's on call routines as they're laid out in our resources. And that first routine is that two to four week routine. And that's where we're just going to begin to put the foundation in place. Well, and Laura, when you were coming up with these routines, what we based that on what we saw in so many households. This is the natural rhythm. So we're just establishing what we have observed as the natural rhythms. And I think that's why they work so much. You know, it wasn't magic. It was just really observing what these natural patterns are, writing those out so it's nice and simple and easy to follow. And then, you know, putting those pieces in place with the swaddle, with the white noise, with the, you know, we're going to make it super dark at night in there. And it almost just replicates that womb environment. Right. So it makes them feel safe. It makes them, you know, snug. And when we did the back to sleep campaign, you know, our swaddle is one of the things that helps for them to remain on their back, to remain secure and, you know, just helps because they have these arms that fly out to the side, that startle reflex that they don't know how to control. And, you know, a lot of parents, you and I talked about this, will say, oh, you know, they love to have their little hands up by their face. I'm like, well, until they get like a right hook to the jaw because, you know, that startle <laughs> reflex happened. So if we can get those down moms on call style, like that'll help. And, um, and so, yeah, when we get into that two-week mark and we start really putting in some of those routines, we've got our swaddle down pat, like we could do it literally with our eyes closed by that point. And we just follow these really natural rhythms, then you'll see that a lot of that really falls in place. Well, and it does. And I think the routine, the purpose of the routine is to get us consistent. You know, so that every day is just not all over the place, that we're not feeding some days at six and some days at seven and some days at six, seven and eight and some day, you know, where nobody knows kind of what to expect, including the dogs, right? <laughs> so that the routines, the purpose of the routine is to kind of give us that right hand line and left hand line. You and I, we're always talking and writing and we're always having fun. And one of the things the other day you and I were talking and we were like, oh, the reset. When's our reset points? Because we all just need reset points during the day. We call them crazy day. You know, we have our little C times, but it's a great time to kind of reset things when things just kind of get out of whack. So Bridget, yes, you're going to begin to prepare as you await the arrival of this incredible gift. You're going to watch some of those videos. You're going to purchase and have those things available that you need from day one. The first couple of weeks, you're just going to give yourself and everybody in the household some grace because we're just learning this. It's all new. And right around that two-week mark, we're going to begin that routine, and we're going to follow those guidelines as we have them in the book. You're going to prepare your stuff. You're going to prepare 
the access you have to knowledge of who you're going to invite into these intimate decisions, and you're going to prepare your heart. And this is the most extraordinary adventure, and we are so excited for you to experience it. Hey, this is Lauren from Manchester, New Hampshire. I have a just over four-month-old, and I've been following your book since the beginning. This is baby number two. And the first one, I did not have a schedule until about nine months when I implemented your stuff and made a world difference from a no sleeping toddler to sleep-deprived mama. And now I'm very happy. So I've been implementing it, but I have caved on that 5 a.m. wake up. I was getting her out of bed, bringing her to my bed, nursing her. Sometimes she'd fall back asleep. So now I've been letting her cry out from five to seven for the last week, and it's still continuing. It's breaking my heart. The day I got her out of bed at six and decided just to start the schedule now and maybe put her down earlier and see if that helps to try to keep the three hours between each feed. Any advice is welcome. Thank you so much for all the info and your support. Listening to the podcast definitely gives me confidence. I worry that I'm creating a bad habit and it's just confused. Oh, Lauren, you know, I love how you're like, I think I've kind of created a bad habit, but we've all been there, right? And, you know, as long as we're healthy and we do want to make sure that that weight is good, we want to make sure that she's in footed pajamas um, because she may be in kind of this developmental breakthrough that, that happens typically between that 14 and 18 week mark where they're learning to roll over and find their own comfy spot, which is so sweet. And we do actually have this little trick that we'd like you to try, and it's a white noise trick. So if you have, especially this electrofan that we um, recommend, that's one of our favorites if it's up loud enough. If you'll go in at night and turn it on and off about 10 o'clock, somehow, just for like a you know minute, somehow it oftentimes will reset the sleep cycles at night, and you'll see that they'll sleep longer in the morning. So try that for a couple of nights, but staying out there in the morning, you know, 630 is totally a fine time. That's going to count as seven. But instead of shifting the whole schedule, like you said, like maybe just keeping the three hours between feedings, instead of doing that, go ahead and just count that 630 as seven and run the rest of the schedule as it's written for moms on call. And then if you find that these few things are not helping, let us know and we will give you additional resources. We can hook you up with one of the consultants and we can make sure that those morning times are not challenging any longer than they have to be. What we want is for you to be able to enjoy the morning to the best of your ability Thank you for loving the podcast. I hope that this continues to give you and everybody else listening as much confidence as they need to enjoy this really sweet time with their kids at all hours of the day. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive not just survive your amazing parenting journey. <laughs>